Hello everyone, this is Hawkeye Talk with Jimmy Hawk, Season 2, Episode 20, and the excitement is in the air already. This is Wednesday night. I have 0-5 UConn against 1-3 Vanderbilt on the TV. I had to get a football fix. My mind is just racing, thinking about all the possibilities of what a big win for the Hawkeyes on Saturday would mean. It is a huge game. The countdown is on. It's a top five matchup with number three Iowa hosting the Penn State Nittany Lions, who are number four in the nation. People are calling this the biggest game since 1985 at Kinnick Stadium. I believe they're right. That was number one Iowa, who beat number two Michigan on a field goal right there at Kinnick Stadium. Been a lot of big games since then, but this does have a really special feel to it. With both teams ranked so high, and for Iowa, you look at the games after this Penn State game, there's a decent chance to run the table and get to the Big Ten Championship game again, first time since 2015. Maybe making amends for that 2015 Big Ten Championship game. You know, that's another one of the biggest games that the Hawkeyes have played in in recent memory. It was another top-five matchup. Had the Hawkeyes won that game, they were going to be in the college football playoff. And if something goes your way in the playoffs, there's a chance to win a national championship. So... Hey, I think the Hawkeyes have a chance to win the Big Ten Championship and run the table if, you know, that's it's a big if, but if they beat Penn State on Saturday, and then they have to go through the rest of the games in that regular season, but Iowa should be favored in all of them uh, if, they, if they get the win on Saturday. And they're also going to have a target on their back. There would be nothing that Minnesota, Wisconsin, Nebraska, Illinois, uh, et cetera, would rather do than be the team that took Iowa down a peg. But I'm getting way too far ahead of myself. Let's just talk Nittany Lions football today. Well, when Penn State has the ball, the guy to watch is Sean Clifford. The quarterback is 103 of 152 passing on the season, over 1,300 yards, 67% completion percentage, which is excellent. 11 touchdowns, three interceptions. He's been sacked just seven times in five games. Part of that is due to having a solid offensive line. The other factor is his mobility. He likes to get out of the pocket, tuck it, and run. Kirk Ferentz in his press conference on Tuesday, and if you haven't had a chance to look at that, you can uh, Google it or, or go to YouTube and just do a search and and watch Kirk Ferentz's press conference. Really insightful, the things that he said. Also, Marshall Yanda was there. Uh, he's being honored on Saturday, and, and he spoke for a while. That was really good. Uh, Kirk talked about Marshall. Um, got a little bit emotional talking about what he what he meant to the team more than just you know, just really what he did in the locker room. And, and you could tell Kirk just thinking about it was getting a little emotional. Something we've come to really love about our leader, Kirk Ferentz. But he talked about Sean Clifford uh, in detail about just how he can really hurt you scrambling out of the pocket, getting first downs with his feet. And that's, that's something he's really concerned with. Clifford has 41 rushes on the season, 137 yards, just a 3.3 average. But remember, he has seven sacks as well that he's taken. And those are negative yards that go on the rushing stats in college football and in the, in, in the NFL, you know, that comes off the passing stats. So he's at a 43-yard rush this year, uh, one TD on the ground, and he is dangerous back there. He's been kind of running back by committee for the Nittany Lions. Noah Kane has gotten most of the carries this year. He had a knee injury last year. He doesn't quite look the same. Kevon Lee has almost as many yards on half the carries, and he's kind of coming on of late. We may see more of Lee. On Saturday, Clifford has the second most carries on the team after Kane. So, again, he is just the focus of this offense. Receiving, it's Jahan Dotson. 
And again, on that Tuesday press conference, Kirk Ferentz went on and on about how good he is. Um, he said he is just a football player. Everything he does on the field looks good, and he's sure that NFL teams are watching him closely. He has 35 catches in five games for 446 yards, six touchdowns, so really dangerous. A tight end, it's Theo Johnson. He's a guy that the Hawkeyes recruited but picked Penn State. Um, and then Strange, they're splitting time. They only have 13 catches on the season, but they've been big gainers when they get the ball. The kicker for Penn State, he's just, uh, his stout is his name. He's just six of nine on the season. He's missed an extra point, but he's also the punter and has an impressive 48-yard average, good for seventh in the country. Just ahead of Torrey Taylor, who is averaging 47-plus yards uh, per punt, good for 13th nationally. Penn State is third in the country in net punting. So that takes into account return yards or on a touchback, the 20 yards, bringing it back out to the 20-yard line. The Hawkeyes are 24th. And that field position game is going to be interesting to watch on Saturday. The Hawkeyes have been getting really good field position, you know, through Torrey Taylor, uh, you know, setting, pushing other teams way back. Pump returns with Charlie Jones, kickoff returns, Charlie Jones, and then all the, the turnovers that the Hawkeyes have been forcing. So Penn State is really good at, at backing teams up. So it's going to be interesting. One of the factors to watch on Saturday. On defense for Penn State, the three linebackers are the leading tacklers, have two of the eight sacks. They have a defensive end with three sacks as well. Uh, but only, you know, not... That many sacks as far as five games, eight sacks in five games. The ball hawk on defense is the safety Brown. He has three of the team's seven interceptions on the season. If you look at Penn State's schedule so far, they started the season on the road in Madison against the Badgers. Tough place to start the season, but they pulled out a 16-10 win. Badgers are just 1-3 and three now. Graham Mertz, the quarterback, hasn't been performing as expected this year. But, you know, one of the key things I pulled out of this game is, is – the Badgers did rush for 174 yards, and they haven't been a great rushing team this year, not like some of the past years. Michigan held them well under 100 yards last weekend. So, And then time of possession in this game, 42 minutes. Wisconsin had the ball and lost the game. That just seems crazy to me. Uh, you know, But they did have the turnovers, and that's what turn turnovers will do. It'll lose, lose the game for you. Well, next up was Ball State. Clifford really had it going in this one. Um, he had just one touchdown in the air, but he had 11 rushes, 66 yards, showing how dangerous he is when he tucks and runs. Penn State was really balanced in that game. They had a lot, a lot of rushing yards, 240 on the ground, 250 passing, 44-13 victory over Ball State. Next was Auburn, and this was a big game at Beaver Stadium. And Clifford was just on fire in that game. He was 28 of 32 passing, 280 yards, two touchdowns. He also had some trickeration, something to watch out for. Dotson, the wide receiver, threw a 22-yard pass in that game that was completed. And the Lions had 396 total yards, 94 on the ground. Penn State gave up 182 yards on the ground against Auburn. So again, they seem a little bit vulnerable to some of these teams that can rush the ball well. Next up was Villanova, monster game from Clifford. He had 400 yards passing, four TDs. Um, he had an interception in that game. So, again, though, uh, in this game against Villanova, the Nittany Lions did not have 100 yards rushing. 
So they're kind of inconsistent in that rushing game, as have been the Hawkeyes, to tell you the truth. So uh, that's, that's another thing that's going to be really interesting to watch Saturday. Last week, Penn State played Indiana and just shut them down 24 to nothing, I believe was the score. Penn State had 408 total yards, 264 for Indiana, just 59 on the ground. It was a, a breakout rushing game. They had 209 on the ground for Penn State. Clifford had three TDs passing the ball. He threw an interception. He had 58 yards rushing on 10 carries. So he just has the lion's share uh, of, of the yardage for this team when they win those big games. From a pure stats standpoint, the Nittany Lions have an edge at quarterback with Clifford. He's passing at a higher completion rate. He has more yards, more touchdowns. He's a mobile quarterback. Uh, Spencer Petras just seems to be getting better and better with each game, though. Uh, he's closing that gap. He's not going to be a, a guy that's running for first downs or anything like that very often. But uh, Clifford, in big games this, this season, he's needed to get yards with his feet uh, because that Penn State running game has really been lacking. For the Hawkeyes, Tyler Goodson has 430, 430 yards rushing in five games. Ivory Kelly Martin, 153. 153 is almost as much as the leading rusher for Penn State. So, you know, as a team, though, the rushing stats are pretty close between Iowa and Penn State. Clifford, you know, is one of the factors why Penn State has that many rushing yards. I think in this game, the advantage goes to the Hawkeyes. You look at some of the games where Penn State's given up big yardage on the ground against some of the decent teams that they've played. Well, with Dotson, Penn State has a marquee wide receiver. Uh, the Hawkeye wide receivers have been improving each game. The young guys are starting to look the part. So that's going to be a big factor to look at. Can the Hawkeyes still get it down the field as they've been, been doing the last couple of games, get some big plays? And are those young wide receivers going to be able to step up in, in just such a huge game in, in a crazy Kinnick Stadium? Well, Sam Laporta is the leading receiver for the Hawkeyes. He's putting up much bigger numbers than the Penn State tight ends which is to be expected because Iowa's tight end university. Defensively, the Hawkeyes have the edge in almost every category against Penn State, but both teams are great at keeping opposing defenses out of the end zone. The Hawkeyes are second in the nation in scoring defense, giving up just 11.6 points per game. and The Nittany Lions are third, giving up 12 points per game. But the Hawkeyes have... Quite an edge on interceptions, 12 interceptions on the season, as well as sacks through five games with 13 sacks. Riley Moss is a ball hawk with 13, three interceptions, followed by Dane Belton and Matt Hankins with two each. Lucas Van Ness is leading the team with four sacks, followed by Joe Evans with three. Zach Van Valkenburg, he's always out there wreaking havoc in the backfield. Like Penn State, the three linebackers are leading tacklers for the Hawkeyes, led by Jack Campbell. Iowa is seventh. In the NCAA, in total defense, giving up just 4.11 yards per play, 1,357 yards of total offense. Penn State is 33rd in that category of total defense. Iowa is 11th in rushing defense. Penn State is 31st. And I think the Hawkeyes are going to be able to run the ball. I think Penn State is going to struggle running the ball. My only concern is around Sean Clifford in that ground game. The Hawkeyes are 27th in passing yards allowed to Penn State's 45th. So there's going to be plays to be made out there in the passing game. And I think Spencer Petrus is going to be able to hit some long passes. Charlie Jones, hopefully Tyrone Tracy can get going in this game. 
you know, maybe we'll see some long balls again to, to Keegan Johnson and sure like what Arlen Bruce, the fourth, was doing last week out there. And then, of course, Sam Laporta, uh, he's, he's the Hawkeyes' leading, leading receiver. I think he's going to have a big game in this one. Well, the Nittany Lions don't get a lot of sacks. They don't get a lot of interceptions. The Hawkeyes, meanwhile, you know, are doing such a great job rushing the passer. Uh, they're going to have to contain the edge in this game and the middle because Clifford can tuck it and run through the middle as well. It's not like he's always running out to the edge. So he sees the first hint of trouble. He is just not afraid to tuck it and go. But he's thrown three interceptions this year. I think he's going to throw at least one, maybe two on Saturday under duress. Maybe you get a deflection, interception. Lineman getting his hands on the ball at the line of scrimmage. Uh, Hawkeyes are doing such a great job just confusing those quarterbacks out there on the defensive side. Well, the Iowa-Penn State football rivalry is such an interesting one. The Hawkeyes didn't have much luck early on in the series other than the first game they played in 1930, a 19-0 win in Iowa City. Then it was five straight losses before a 7-6 win in State College in 1976. Hayden got a win early in his career at Iowa in 1983, 42-34 win in State College, Pennsylvania. But then Hayden lost four in a row against the Nittany Lions, the worst being in 1994. It was a 61-21 drubbing at Beaver Stadium. 61-21. Kerry Collins was the quarterback for the Nittany Lions that year. He was a senior. He went on to a, a you know pretty pretty solid NFL career. Hayden's last game against Joe Pa was a 21-20 win. It was a rainy day at Beaver Stadium with Tim Dwight returning a punt 80 yards for a touchdown. Cedric Shaw was hurt. Tavian Banks ran for over 100 yards rushing in that game. And the Hawkeyes knocked off the 10th-ranked Nittany Lions. I'm sure that was a, a highlight for Hayden Fry and his coaching career. It's kind of crazy the success that Kirk Ferentz had early on against Joe Pa's teams after a loss in year one for Ferentz. That was a season the Hawkeyes finished 1-10. The Hawkeyes then won eight of the next nine games against Penn State. And huge wins in 2000 as Kirk was trying to resurrect that program. 2001, that was the Kirk's first bowl year with the Hawkeyes. That 2002 season, a crazy overtime win in Beaver Stadium. Um, and then the 6-4 to four game. Yes, yeah, 6-4. We all remember that. State College. Uh, it was a day or two after Kirk Ferentz attended his dad's funeral in Pennsylvania. Never forget the emotional Kirk Ferentz after the game on the sidelines, hugging his sons, and and then in the interview afterwards, the emotions that, that he put out. But then Penn State rattled off six straight victories from 2011 to 2019, mostly close games, but there were a couple that weren't that close. Um, and then 2017, man, that was... Number four, Penn State. Looked like the Hawkeyes were going to get the big upset. And then Penn State got the walk-off touchdown as time expired. Pass from Trace McSorley to Juwan Johnson. That was a painful game. Looked like the Hawkeyes were going to win. Saquon Barkley was not going to be denied on that day. And somehow McSorley threaded the needle on that last play. Hate to, hate to bring that one up. That was, a, that was a tough one. But I was just looking back at this series between Iowa and Penn State. And there's been some... Really interesting games. Some good wins for the Hawkeyes as well. Last year, the Hawkeyes got back in the win column 
with a 41-21 victory. So the Hawkeyes are 2-3 and all-time in top five matchups when, when the Hawkeyes are in the top five as well as the opponent. Last time was in the 16-13 loss to Michigan State in the Big Ten Championship game. It was the oh that last drive where Michigan State scored with seconds left to take the take the lead and get the victory. 1997 was the last time a top five Big Ten matchup didn't include Ohio State. Um, it goes back quite a bit further into the 80s, I think, since the, the last time that it wasn't Ohio State or Michigan, one of the two teams in a top five matchup. So, you know, I don't read too much into last year's game when reviewing this game because of the strange COVID year we had in 2020. It just kind of threw things off. Things just seemed odd last year across college football. But I do think that the Hawkeyes are going to come out with a win on Saturday. It's going to be a hard-fought game. The Hawkeyes are going to need to contain Sean Clifford, not let him get big chunks of yardage on the ground. The defense just needs to do what they've done this year, slowing down the running game, generating turnovers by getting in the passing lanes, disguising coverages, putting pressure on the quarterback. The points are going to be harder to come by in this game. I'm picking Iowa 23, Penn State 20. It's going to be a nail-biter at Rockus Kinnick Stadium. Home field advantage for the Hawkeyes, the opportunistic defense of the Hawkeyes, and the Hawkeyes offense that's able to run the clock and generate enough points through a balanced attack on the ground and in the air. This offensive line just keeps getting better and better. Uh, I think they're going to be jacked up and ready to play in this game. Shooter is going to be able to play more snaps. He should be in game shape now. Brian Ferentz is going to have to get the playmakers the ball in space. The special teams are going to have to come up big, as they typically do in those Hawkeye victories. Iowa has won 11 straight games, five straight against ranked opponents. Only Alabama has more consecutive wins against ranked opponents in college football. The big noon kickoff on Fox will be in Iowa City on Saturday. Tune in at 11 a.m. Central Time to see you know, I have several analysts, see what they have to say about the Iowa game, other football games as well. Bob Stoops is one of the analysts, so you might as well tune in just to hear Bob Stoops. I'm sure he's going to be pumped to be in Iowa City. Gus Johnson, Joel Klatt, Jenny Taft are going to be covering the game from Kinnick Stadium. If you're going to the game, set your DVR. You know, th- this, this could become one of those all-time games you need to watch every year if the Hawkeyes are able to get this victory. I'm going to be at the game on Saturday. It's going to be electric outside of Kinnick Stadium. The electricity inside Kinnick Stadium is just going to be unbelievable. I'm looking forward to a big win by the Hawkeyes. Well, until next time, let's get a big win in the biggest game in all of college football on Saturday. Go Hawks!